0: Hello fellow kids and welcome to episode 36 of Hello Fellow Kids, the podcast where Josh and Mara read and review young adult literature. This is actually episode 36, which this is now, this will be my third audio file that I have labeled as episode 36 because I accidentally counted wrong for episode 35 and then when I was working on the bonus episode, I put HFK 36 for real.
1: But it wasn't for real.
0: Right, exactly. So 35 was labeled 36, the bonus episode was labeled 36 for real, and now episode 36 is going to have to be, like, I swear this time.
1: Wow, I feel like we're comic books.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Or, uh, there's a, like, Western novel serialization that I don't know why I was going on a Wikipedia rabbit hole for it but i was looking it up and then it has a list of all of the books and there's just an asterisk partway through the list and you scroll down to the bottom and it says for whatever reason there is no book 12 in this series
1: <gasps> oh no <laughs> <laughs> That like multiple people had to come together to make that mistake right oh also our odd numbering system it's we're like the final fantasy series <laughs>
0: <laughs> Episode thirty six three. Yeah. We're like a uh, Kingdom Hearts with uh three hundred and eighty four over two days of memories that are forbidden the movie.
1: Comic. In the in the play. There's this scene in Adam's Family Values where, for whatever reason, the kids at the summer camp have to do this extremely racist Thanksgiving play. And David Krumholtz is, like, 13 in this movie, and he he comes out in, like, full, like, Indian, like, the, I guess, white idea of what Indians look like. But uh, he comes out, like, dressed like that and goes... I am running bull, patrothed to Pocahontas. And he kind of trails off and goes, In the play, which is like my favorite line ever. Uh,
0: so for uh, for this month, we read The Witch Boy, the first in a graphic novel series by Molly Knox Ostertag. Yeah. It's, it's cute. It's about a boy who... Wants to learn witchcraft, uh, but in his magical community, only girls can learn witchcraft and boys learn to be shapeshifters. But that does not sit right with him, and it is about him navigating that. Um,
1: it's yeah. pretty cute. Yeah, it's it's like a really I'm trying to think of the word like metaphor. I think it's a it's a metaphor for being trans.
0: It's I yeah, yeah. I think it's a pre, it's a pretty not subtle metaphor yeah. for uh some sort of either trans or non-binary identifier yeah uh, which it's like it doesn't need to be subtle because it still works and it's also for a younger audience anyways so like me saying that it's not subtle isn't a dig at it
1: no 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 it's no. just
0: you don't you don't have to like try hard to be like okay i totally see what the parallels here are mm-hmm. but yeah it's pretty cute and i guess there's uh it's already on book three i, f- I saw that on oh, goodreads
1: yeah. okay yeah
0: yeah, so I believe you are in charge of.
1: Yeah, uh, I spin. am. I am the synopsis person. Um, I'm gonna pause at the end of paragraphs to see if you wanna flag me down to say something, cause this isn't broken down into chapters. Yeah. So I just kind of just kept writing. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into this. Our story starts with a family tree, which made my heart sink. But it's okay. <laughs> Gen- <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay, gentle readers. This story doesn't require you knowing the names of every single cousin, so we're good. They're all named after plants, though, so that helps. Um, anyway, the story begins for realsies with a magic lesson. The girls of the family are learning the proper magical names of trees that will make them immediately bear fruit. Um, eavesdropping on the lesson is our hero, Aster, when he's discovered he's chastised for intruding on girls' stuff. The girls laugh until he runs away, upset, which is an ongoing theme.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's his his default action.
1: Yeah, it's just like, I don't like the situation, I'm leaving it, so he just runs. Which is, you know, always my solution, too. So no judgment. Anyway, his mom finds him, and when she finds out what's wrong, she explains to him, apparently for the millionth time, for our benefit... That girls have one kind of magic and boys have another. Girls do spell work and boys shapeshift. Uh Aster is unmoved by this, so his mom warns him about his grandmother's twin brother Mikasi, who uh wanted witch magic for himself. He stole spells which his uh magic couldn't handle, and lots of people were hurt as a result. His shapeshifting magic was heh, tainted. Um he could only <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. He can only shift into dangerous animals he couldn't really control. Uh, Makassi was sent packing, but he stole a treasure before he left, and no one has seen him since. So, like, stop it, Aster. It really doesn't help that his male cousins are so aggressively male, not one of them's into music or reading or, like, not contact sports. Nope. Aster gets roped into a game of capture the flag. I think we can all agree that chewing glass would be more fun than that. Aster's left guarding the flag and practices the magic names he heard earlier. His grandmother comes along and hears him, and instead of berating him for using forbidden magic, she corrects his pronunciation. I'ma go on record that Grandma's cool.
0: Uh, yeah, you're you're not wrong. Yeah, so let's. Uh, I don't think there's necessarily a whole lot to talk about. Uh, story-wise, right now, I just wanted to uh kind of talk about the the art a little bit and the character design. So, like, not only is Aster the the magic concept being delineated by gender it's it's a very obvious parallel but like Aster's design is also coded to be kind of you know obviously not masculine his hair is longer than the um, other boys and
1: let's let's say androgynous yeah. yeah it's longer than the other boys uh kind of pulls it back a little bit kind of the like uncertain body language of kind of kind of hunching over that we see a lot
0: his colour and uh there's actually a like a production note at the very back, his colour is kind of like a, a lavenderish purple. Yeah, he's he's always kinda hunched over and he's always kinda like side eyeing everything and, and always has a bit of like an, a like a an ashamed or embarrassed look to him, which is just kind of like the
1: ah buddy. It's okay. Yeah, yeah it's very ah buddy, but like when you meet more of his family you're like, I get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I'm sorry, his cousins are awful. Like all those guys, I was like, they they kind of suck. And then, yeah, like.
0: Yeah, I'd be super bored too.
1: <laughs> oh, I know. I was just like, do any of you, like, have ever seen a book? Like, really? It didn't have to be magic.
0: <laughs> His cousin Sedge is. He has. What is it called? Heterochromia? Is that it?
1: Oh, the two different color eyes?
0: Yes. Yeah. And that ends up actually being useful uh, for the reader later yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, just the the whole, like, we're gonna do capture the flag and stuff, and I'm like, I would totally just find a quarter to sit in and read instead. I would... I wouldn't care.
1: <laughs> you know, <laughs> I get you, you. If you want the flag that bad, you can just have it. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's what do fine. I care? <laughs> I can just find another flag somewhere. There's no national shortage of flags. We're okay. <laughs> um, are you ready to move on? Sure. Alright. So, at dinner time, uh, Aster's dad returns from a demon fighting mission. So that's what the dudes do. Um Oh boy. Uh, also he wants to know if Astor's been having shapeshifter dreams. Uh that's a nope. The finding is coming up, which is when all the boys uh wander the woods until a spirit animal finds them. That sounds so bitchy. <laughs> like it's just just like okay, just wander around until you find a fox, I guess. Good luck <laughs> That's so dismissive. I'm sorry. Um, it sometimes takes a shifter, um, a while to find that particular animal, so his parents aren't worried that Aster hasn't found one yet, they're just concerned. The next day, Aster's cruising around, trying out his magic, when he manages to make a berry bush fruit out. He's stoked it worked, but, um, a normal non-magical girl saw it happen. It's okay, though, she's cool. Uh, she's Charlie, a girl with a broken leg who definitely hasn't seen Aster at her school before. She promises not to tell anyone what she saw and calls him Berry Boy, which, given everyone in their family has plant names, isn't completely off base. <laughs> um, he does correct her, though, and give his real name. So the night of the finding, all the dudes gather, and it's very macho and solemn. They're anointed with some kind of mixture on their faces and then sent forth to find their spirit animals. But hey, keep within the borders of the property, because demons, predictably Astor is visited by nothing. It's pretty disheartening. Aster uh, watches his cousin, Sedge, follow a spirit up past the boundaries and then poof, out of the woods. ruh They all search the woods for Sedge, but he gone. Aster's dad makes plans to leave and warn other magic families that something hinkies up. He tries to ask Aster about his own luck out in the woods and Aster has an outburst like, No, Dad, God! <laughs> <laughs> when Aster storms away, he finds his sister Juniper gathering scrying materials. For those of us who didn't watch Buffy, she explains that it's a magical way to search for someone using a silver bowl full of water. You stir the water and say the person's name, but you didn't hear that from me. So, uh predictably, Aster cries for Sedge. He sees the same, I don't know, vortex he saw before and a sinister voice saying that something has to be private so witches can't spy. Well, okay then. <laughs> i was just like how do i describe this this is kind of hard i do just want to point out and
0: this really has nothing to do with anything it's just a one of the first things i noticed about molly's art style is the noses she's oh, yeah. a different way of doing noses like it's not it's not like she doesn't have just the two options of like a little boodoo button nose and then <laughs> a, like a little pointy nose like they're there's the, uh like, Aster and some of his family have, like, a, this really interesting bulbous curve nose. And then yeah. like, some of the other ones have these really defined kind of squarish noses. And it really doesn't have anything to do anything. I just liked that she didn't just go for, like, the easy options for some of her, like, facial designs.
1: Like, let's actually try to make these people have different faces while still being clearly family.
0: Yeah. Did you mention that Charlie just casually mentions that she has two dads?
1: Oh, no, I didn't mention that, but yeah, Charles it's, has got two dads. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's... I was talking with somebody last week about how one of the things that I really like about where we're kind of at with... where we're kind of moving towards with some of the the literature now is, like, you can have characters that are outside of the, like, cis white Norman stuff, and you can have stories that focus on that, and then you can also have stories where it's just a an adventure story or a romance story or something, and... More diverse people are in it, but you don't have to keep drawing attention to the fact that they are, like, different. And that that is, like, the center of their story. Sometimes it's like, yeah, but let's focus on the magic here. Like, we don't need to worry about whether or not she has two dads. Because, like, the magic's way more interesting sort of a thing. And I like that we can have both of those now. um, Instead of it just being, like, it always has to be, like, a capital T theme.
1: Right, yeah.
0: Which I don't know if I've undermined my own point by bringing up the fact, then, that she has two tats.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I, d- I didn't mention it because it kind of didn't really bear yeah. any weight on the story. Yeah. But it was just, like, a cool little, like, oh, really? Okay. That's neat. Uh, there's been studies showing that, like, girls in particular do well with two parents of the same gender. I think boys struggle a bit more, not because the two parents are bad parents, but just societies are di- as dicks, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's so, true. So that's kind of how that works out. I was going to say, that's why uh Charlie's such like a self-possessed, like strong character who knows her own mind and just, just just cool all around. just like really well adjusted. Um, yeah.
0: I would totally be friends with her.
1: I would too. Like in a second, I'd, If I'd seen her, like, sitting in the driveway in the chair with her leg all busted and she's, like, shooting hoops, I'd be like, I need to talk to her because that's kind of (laughs) cool.
0: She's totally the sort of person where, like, even if we didn't end up, like, super hitting it off, I would always, like, every time I walked by her house, I'd be like, hey, Charlie, how's it going? You know, and, like, always be friendly with her. She seems like the sort of person that would be, like, down to just be, like, you know, if you want to, like, hang out all the time or whatever, that's cool, but if you want to just, like hit me up every once in a while it's cool too she just is so like sure of who she is that she doesn't you know
1: yeah yeah i do know yeah
0: (laughs) she (laughs) just said like with even though we don't get to see a ton of her necessarily because this book is only 200 pages and they're uh ya graphic novel pages so they go very quick uh, i get a very clear sense of who she is
1: yeah all right so let's get back to it the next day, the boys gather for a lecture telling them that they need to man up and get their powers to protect the witches and each other. All the boys except Aster have found their spirit animal. Embarrassed, Aster runs away until he... Yeah, he just does that a lot. Until he's off his property again and in Normie Land, where he comes across Charlie again. When, like I mentioned, she's in a chair shooting baskets in her driveway. Uh, He tries it and sucks, but uh, he asks Charlie if uh, he can unload to her about his problems at home, and she's all for it. She understands the rigid gender standards since uh, she's an athlete and she's getting older now and the options for girls sports are limited. Uh, They both agree that if you're good at something, you should be allowed to do it. So um, after swearing Charlie to secrecy, they do some scrying and he shows Charlie his mom. Charlie thinks it's awesome and wants to know what else Aster can do. He rattles off a short list, but when he says, uh, fix broken things, Charlie perks up and asks him to fix her leg. Aster considers it, and in the bowl he hears his family flipping out over his whereabouts. So Aster rushes home, but first promises Charlie that he'll look into how to fix her leg. All I can picture is how Gilderoy Lockhart tried to fix Harry's arm. <laughs>
0: I'm waving my arm around right now like a noodle.
1: <laughs> oh God. So Aster comes home and he finds out that his cousins uh Tupelo and Aquila <sighs> boy, I'm sorry everyone. Um are missing. Uh the parents caution the remaining kids to be on guard. Constant vigilance. So that was like a Harry Potter reference in like one page of my notes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The witches have a lesson where they learn about their uh, house. Oh, okay, weapons. I I was looking at my handwriting and it, I swear to God it looks like aprons. <laughs> I, um, I was like that doesn't make any sense. Why would they? Today's
0: have lesson a... is on aprons. <laughs> what are they? How do they work? Keep Here's <laughs> how not to wear an apron.
1: How would you not wear like on your back? I guess
0: <laughs> like a cape.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or put it on like pants and you're like, huh huh. <laughs> All right. Anyway, the witches have a lesson where they learn about their house weapons. Uh They got stones that can predict the future, but they can also capture an enemy because they like roll them and it makes like this like net made of light. Yeah. Anyway. And they also have a dagger hilt, but the kids notice a space where something's missing. And uh that's the sword that Mikasi took. So way to go, Makasi. We start to get back to the dagger thing, but Aster's interrupted by a group of his cousins who accuse him of having something to do with the disappearances, because that makes total sense. As their words get uglier, they're drawn much uglier. (laughs) They are, and when you look at that, you're just like, wow, they just keep getting grosser and grosser looking. Anyway, so that happens until they shift into animals, and they try to steal Aster's notebook of spells. And uh, Aster ends up releasing, like, a magical blast of energy and then runs away. Should I stop there?
0: Uh, yeah, real quick. First off, I agree that it sucks that Charlie's uh, sports limit like are getting limited, but do they not have a girls' basketball team? I thought that was one of the only sports that, like, both genders usually get, but I guess not.
1: Uh, maybe their basketball team just really isn't that good. Like, the, the, maybe the girls' ones aren't afforded the same opportunities that the male ones are
0: they just get crappy funding and stuff yeah yeah
1: that might be what she's talking about yeah i think girls got like soccer and basketball they sure as shit didn't get football she said she had she liked softball
0: yeah i got the feeling that maybe she doesn't actually like softball that much it's just she likes the best out of her very limited options
1: well i don't know maybe she wants to play lacrosse and they only have a guy's lacrosse team I think yeah. I think my school only had a guys lacrosse team, but I'm not a hundred percent sure on what lacrosse actually is.
0: I think that's the one where you're just have more money than the other kids.
1: Oh, okay. That's why I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> there, the, the, my college did have a girls lacrosse team, and I knew, t- and I worked with like two of the girls who were on the team, so I knew that was a thing.
0: The other boys, they're like. Come on, Aster, show us turn into something fierce like this, and they turn into a badger, a wolverine, and a goose? Or maybe a swan?
1: Well, a (laughs) badger, a badger's, badgers can kill.
0: Badger and wolverine, I get, those are fierce, but like, come on, man. You can't turn into something monstrous like a, like a goose?
1: Goose are scary. They can break a kid's arm, did you know that? They can pluck out eyes. They're horrible.
0: Goose are. Bullies of the bird world.
1: I don't know. I think swans are, but goose are like the toadies of like the swans. So the swans would be like hey fatty, and the, sw- and, the and like the goose would be like, Haha, yeah, tell them.
0: Oh, so you said toadies, and I was like, oh, that band that did Possum Kingdom.
1: I don't even know that band.
0: It's a '90s band.
1: Oh, I was there. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, there's like a lot of '90s stuff that I wasn't really aware about in the '90s that I'm finding out now, and then being like, Hey, wow, Matthew Sweet's actually a really cool musician. I like his music.
0: Toadies are not Toad the Wet Sprocket.
1: Oh, I've heard of that one.
0: Because that name is ridiculous.
1: How could yeah? How can you not know? It, that's like um like Jimmy Eat World or other other really dumb band names. Better than Ezra. Goo Goo Dolls. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. There's some pretty crappy band names out there.
1: I mean, you're not wrong. Okay. Are we ready to move on?
0: Hold on. Was this was this the one where Aster ran away into the woods or the one when Aster ro- ran away into the neighborhood or the one when Aster ran away um into the house?
1: Um he runs away further into the woods and it gets dark. Okay. Okay. Um, that,
0: that's actually, there aren't chapter breaks, but you can just, like, pause every time he runs away. I know. And you can call that a chapter break. <laughs> he
1: does that every time. Like, I did that so much when I was a kid that a friend's older brother made fun of me for it. He goes, and Mara's just gonna go run away now. And I was just like, oh. maybe we quit being dicks. And
0: then Mara did run away, and then it didn't really, it didn't help her case at all. But, like,
1: well, like I was, what else are you gonna do? I was a, a younger kid, I was, like, six, and apparently when I ran uphill... My head wagged from side to side, so I guess it looked pretty ridiculous. And the kid imitated that, like, "This is you running up the hill," and then like <laughs> shaking his head while running in place, and it looked really stupid. And I was just like, <laughs> "I'm just running."
0: <laughs> you are a bobblehead.
1: Don't you start.
0: No, I mean, is that is that what what, what you mean? Like, I you can't see me. I'm doing. Like, I'm like I'm, sh- I'm
1: like sh- like shaking my head no, like fiercely, like a dog. That's like shaking off water is how my oh, head. Oh, okay, go.
0: okay, but you're not like tipping your ear like towards your shoulder. No, I don't. That would be even weirder. That
1: would be even weirder. <laughs> <laughs> I should have. That should have been my argument. This could be a lot weirder. <laughs> no, they they all hated me. They were just reaching for the flimsiest of reasons to make fun of me, and I still hate them for it. And I'm 36. Hey, okay. Back to the story and not my issues. So, uh, night falls, and Aster comes across a creature that uh, looks kind of familiar because it has the two colored eyes. It's Sedge in beast shape. He tries to attack Aster, but Aster's mom captures Sedge with spells, and uh, they shut Sedge up in a shed, and Aster's mom draws containment room. Look at my handwriting, I'm like, entertainment? That doesn't sound right.
0: <laughs> well he is gonna get bored in that shed
1: yeah let's we'll just leave him with a tv he has spells for tv so um <laughs> did,
0: I, did anyone put any money on the tv
1: <laughs> no because he's in a coma that's terrible okay <laughs> anyway uh the mom draws the containment runes and then she writes sedge's name in the middle Then the mom's like explaining everything that she's doing to astor until she realizes as she's telling him all this and then she gets mad and reiterates that the magic isn't for him and then sends him back to the house to help his uncle Kieran and the way she does it just it's like that's not for you that's for grandpa for later don't touch it you know <laughs> <laughs> that cake's not for you so anyway um Aster finds the adults discussing the sedge situation um that something twisted his magic to give him that vicious form. They assume um the same thing's happening to the other two boys and they worry. And uh in the shed the Dark Voice um chastises Sedge for getting caught and accuses him of wanting to hide behind witches. Which makes like Sedge like hang his head like oh. Next morning Aster goes into the witch school room. Boy, my writing looks really weird. So anyway, he goes in the schoolroom and borrows a book on bone mending. Uh, when his Aunt Iris finds him, he tells her that he scryed for Sedge and then describes the cave that he saw him in. And because Iris has good priorities, she makes note of where Sedge was kept. Just kidding! She screams at Aster for using witch magic.
0: <sighs> that really bugged me.
1: I know, I was just like, I'm gonna slap like, her. Can
0: you, can you set aside that... Like, prejudice, just long enough to hear the actual useful information?
1: Yeah. That night, a creature opens a portal in the wall of Aster's bedroom, and just comes cruising in like it has every right to, and it reveals that it's the one taking the boys. Uh, Aster tries to call for help, but the creature magically shuts him up, and it offers to take Aster with it to teach him how to shift into powerful forms and the creature says it senses, like, great power in Aster and has full confidence that he can get Aster shifting in no time. So the creature urges Aster to give it some thought and then performs another spell to ensure that Aster can't tell anyone what just happened. Or he can't tell any witches what happened. Uh, and then just before leaving, hilariously, the creature leaves behind a literal phone to literally call him.
0: Okay, so I just had this thought. Do you think... That in the world of like dark spirits and stuff, this guy is just the late night infomercial like QVC guy <laughs> who's like trying to sell people on his service for teaching them how to shapeshift. Is like call him the next ten minutes and we'll throw in a bear form at no additional cost
1: for four easy payments of twenty nine ninety nine. You too can have shifting powers. Because now that
0: I'm looking back through, I'm like, he doesn't even look that menacing. He just looks like he's trying to, like, strike a good deal. It's just like, he's he's got his sales pitch all ready to go.
1: Well, I mean, he's already captured, like, three kids, so he should be, like, pretty smooth at this point.
0: Yeah, those are his testimonials.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Before I joined the evil monster, I could not do nothing, and now I become vaguely me, but with more fur. Yay. Which is what Sedge looked like. It looked pretty half-assed, and I was just like, this doesn't look good. I mean, not the art, I mean, like, the shape itself. I was like, is he right. a fox? What's going on here?
0: Right, it's like you can tell that this is not
1: high-end shifting. No, no, it's, like, effed up.
0: <laughs> this is, like, sharper image-level shapeshifting.
1: This is, like, you look at the shapeshifter, like, on the website, like, on Wish, and then you get it actually in the mail, and then you're like, oh...
0: You can see all the like plastic seams on it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, where am I at? The... the
0: telephone. I did really like the literal telephone.
1: Yeah, I was. And
0: it's a, I, it's like a, it's like um um,
1: there's like one button to push, so you don't. Yeah, think... it's
0: it's one of those. What's the the when you do the spinny dial rotary? rotary. It's a rotary yeah. phone that only has one one button.
1: Yeah, so it should be easy to use.
0: (laughs) Sorry, wrong number. There's only one number!
1: (laughs) It's like, there's some, like, really mean, like, old, uh, the the single, um, telephone operator left. The party you wish to speak to isn't available. (laughs) God. Okay. Anyway, in the morning, um, The witches are trying to summon the creature, like they're drawing their stuff on the floor and stuff and um Aster tries to tell them what happened but can't because of the spell. But they aren't listening anyway, so BFD. There's is excitement though when uh Sedge is able to speak again. He's mostly turned back human but still has like pointy ears and it looks like there's still it's gonna still gonna be some work for him to get back to hundred percent. He has a hard time remembering what happened to him, but he remembers a cave and he flinches away from his mother's touch. And uh, the creature tempted him with power and then jeered at Sedge when he couldn't handle it. And the uh, creature tried to get Sedge to kill, but uh, Sedge wouldn't. And it's actually pretty upsetting. Aster goes to Charlie's house and I guess he's able to tell her everything since so she isn't a witch. So that's pretty good workaround, really. It's like, okay, I'll, yeah. I'll tell you, and then you tell them. You tell them. It's like <laughs> a game of telephone without a literal telephone. <laughs> <laughs> so uh he's considering the offer that the creature made because he needs to learn shifter magic, because witch magic's not an option, and he needs to fit in at home. Charlie reminds him that he promised to fix her leg, though, and also she tells him how she broke it, which was from riding her dirt bike off a cliff. She initially dared some boys to do it, and then they camped or dared her to do it, which I don't think that's how it works. And uh well, broken leg. The point is she dared the boys because she wanted she wanted the opportunity to, to ride a dirt bike and that was the way she could do it. So um I guess Aster got what he needed from that story because he uses magic to fix Charlie's leg. Charlie asks to come to his house later, and he gives her directions and urges her to be careful since his family's on high alert these days. I'd have told her no. <laughs> it's like no, that's okay. You don't come <laughs> over because it'd just be weird. Like security should be at like this kid shouldn't have been able to get through, but she did. But
0: um, okay. Now I know. Like I'm, I'm not gonna try and draw any significant parallels, but uh. When we read Always and Forever, Lara Jean, and then we moved into Prepped, we started noticing some parallels. Uh, But now that we're moving into this, there's also a community of strange folk that live (laughs) right next to a community of normal folk uh, that are on high alert. And uh, that's really all I got for that. But um, I I was just like, huh. It's like it's almost like playing aesthetic leapfrog across the books. (laughs) Like
1: yeah i think she gets through though cuz they're looking more for uh magical problems right. and then just this normie kid just kind of strolling through is not going to tip anything off so okay so uh later charlie turns up with a baseball bat and a completely healed leg woohoo she suggests that he calls the demon phone to go rescue his cousins and to grab the family weapons and uses witchery skills aster agrees and after Googling how to pick a lock, they break into the schoolroom for the stones and dagger. <laughs>
0: he's he's literally holding up the YouTube video next to her so she can watch it while she's picking the lock.
1: I know, I loved that. I was just like, yep, that's modern day kids. Charlie agrees to stay behind and warn the adults if everything goes pear-shaped. So um Aster makes the call and he ends up in the creature's dimension, I guess, whatever it is. It's this, like, icky red. Everything's red. It's It just looks scary looking. I wouldn't want to be there. Kind of like, like Mars, I guess.
0: I also don't want to be there.
1: <laughs> no, you're like, this isn't a 7-Eleven any place. <laughs> <laughs> that you wouldn't be able to breathe, but...
0: They don't have any gluten-free food here.
1: I guess I'll just eat
0: rocks. <laughs> Thanks, Elon. <laughs>
1: you bitch. Anyway, the creature turns up and leads Aster to the cave, where his cousins are snacking down on a rotting deer carcass. Nummy! So the creature gets confused, since it can't actually find any shifter magic inside of Aster, in order for it to corrupt it. And uh, while the creature's trying to work this out, Aster spots the missing family sword, just kind of casually leaning against the wall. And he realizes the creature is his grandmother's brother, Makasi. So Makasi flips out because uh all he's smelling on Aster is a witch's soul and that sucks for Makasi because uh Aster has, you know, Makasi's name now and can use the witch stones to make the net and then like cap- captures him and then uh while he's all tangled in the net, Aster runs out with his cousins but um Makasi follows them with the sword. Uh, um Aster cuts them a portal home with the dagger and ends up uh back in the schoolroom with Charlie the boys run downstairs and Charlie faces off with Mikasi wielding only a baseball bat. Uh, so uh, Mikasi demolishes the bat and goes after Aster. He runs to the summoning circle where his mom tries to keep him from it. Like, that for you. And he, we haven't got time for this transphobic bullshit. And Aster pushes past her to write Mikasi's name in the circle. He finishes it uh, just in time and Mikasi is captured. He's just an unconscious old man in raggedy clothes floating in a circle. Well, okay. <laughs> so um the mom's gearing up to get all mad, but Grandma steps in to tell her to chill. Uh She points out that Makassi was a lot like Aster, and that neither of them have shifter magic. Um He tried to fix that with stolen witch magic, and he was teased and tormented by everyone in the family. So, uh, surprising. That self-taught magic he didn't understand, didn't go well for him. Macassi um, tried to go home for help, but they drove him away. So maybe this family should stop sucking. The mom's still in total denial about this gendered magic system, so the grandma reveals that she can shift a little herself. Le gasp! Grandma insists that Aster's a witch, and the mom still doesn't get how that's possible, but she's willing to, like, try to understand. I I guess that's something. So um we close out the story with Aster hanging out at Charlie's, he tells her he'll be starting witch lessons soon, and his parents uh, still don't understand. What's there to understand? Whatever. Anyway, Makassi's still locked in the spell, and no one really seems to know what to do with him. Maybe they'll figure it out in future books. Charlie asks if Astor's even supposed to be hanging out with humans, and Astor's like, probably not. He likes being friends with Charlie, even though she asks him if he can fly on a broom and he doesn't understand the reference. The end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was quick. It's cute. It's and cute. Uh, I read it all in one day like last month, so.
0: <laughs> I read it all in one day like yesterday.
1: Well, I win, uh-huh. clearly.
0: <laughs> I was actually creeped out by the, um, when the kids are in the other dimension and they're eating the deer because yeah. Mikasi has magic to the deer to look like a uh, fresh corpse and uh, Aster is the only one who can see that it's like rotting and disgusting and like probably gonna make them sick and i didn't like that and i i've i don't like dead things in general they make me sad but like dead deer with their like big starry eyes just like staring into nothing are extra sad yeah yeah and i mean like again it's pretty obvious that the 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 central thing here is the whole like my child is trans or non-binary or something else that bucks the system what do i do about that it's like well just pretend they're a witch. That's the lesson here. No, it's, uh,
1: it's good. Yeah, I liked it. I wouldn't mind reading the next one. Yeah. Just want to see what happens next.
0: It was very, um, not like middle of the road, bad middle of the road. It wasn't like one of the best things that we've read, but it was, it was solid. It's definitely not in the like bottom half or anything no like that. Uh-uh. um i wasn't i wasn't blown away by it but it was it was good i
1: wasn't blown away by it i wasn't bored yeah. i gave it four stars just because i felt like it deserved four stars i enjoyed the uh, reading experience i liked the artwork it ticked all the boxes yeah yeah
0: you picked this up at the library along with a handful of other like ya graphic novels. yeah at the same i did i'm you, like, sent them to me, and you're like, which one of these would you be down to do for the podcast? But you ended up reading, like, all of those. Yeah. Um, were there any that you wanted to, like, you know, give a shout-out to or anything like that?
1: Um, let me open my Goodreads, and we'll, okay. and we'll see. Okay, so I read quite a few of these. Um, when Stars Are Scattered by Victoria Jameson and Omar Mohammed. It's Omar's story as uh, a refugee. In a refugee camp which i thought was interesting because i've never really thought about what those actually look like mm-hmm. and uh victoria jameson like draws it and puts it all together and stuff but it is his story uh, and victoria jameson is uh, one who wrote a uh, roller girl mm-hmm. so i like that yeah one. um i really liked uh the okay witch by emma steinkelner okay. oh my god it was so cute <laughs> Wh- which one was that the okay witch This girl finds out she's a witch and her mom's like, no, we're not going to do that. It's not a big deal. And the girl's like, no, but it's cool, though. And she gets like a little cat familiar. And it's the reincarnation of like the guy her mom bought their like secondhand store from. And he like speaks Yiddish. So it's like this round little black cat going like, oy vey! And I'm just like, (laughs) I love this so much. And I also really liked uh The Phantom Twin by Lisa Brown. It's uh, about these uh, conjoined twins who were in, like, a, this isn't my term, but a freak show act. And this doctor meets them and is like, hey, I can get you guys separated. Like, I can do that. And, like, the more dominant of the twins is like, yes, let's do this. And the one who's, like, kind of always follows the other one's lead is more hesitant of it. And they go through the surgery, and, like, the dominant twin dies. Yeah. So then, like, the twin who didn't even want to go through with it is the one who's, like, survived and has to figure out how to move forward. Because she can't She's like, I don't even... I can't even go back to what my job was because I don't have my twin. Yeah. (laughs) And that was... Of that batch, I think those were the best ones. Okay. Yeah. PK. I don't
0: know. I don't think I've read much in the YA stuff recently besides uh, the stuff for this. Um... Last night, cause it's been, uh, it's, it's our one good snow of the year, um, which sometimes we don't even get a good snow of the year, uh, we just get no snow. But we got one good snow this year, and so last night I read, uh, a graphic novel by Jeff Lemire called Roughneck, which is about, uh, it takes place, uh, like up in the middle of nowhere, northern Canada, and so it's very snowy and isolated and stuff, and I was like, this is the perfect atmosphere for this, this is what I was waiting for. <laughs> That's the only other thing I've really read recently. I'm still working on Christopher Paolini's new book because it's about an eternity long. I get like 10, 15 pages done a week. So at this rate, I think I'll be done before I move out of the apartment. Maybe we just signed a
1: new lease. So I got like a year. (laughs) Oh, no. Okay.
0: It's not even a bad book. It's just very, very long and it's uh it is space sci-fi which is not something i read a lot of so i don't have like some of the stuff that would just be kind of like shorthand for people is not for me and so i have to do a little bit more legwork to to get comfortable with some of the stuff going on in there that's my big reading project right now
1: yeah yeah um, it looks like you're hammering away at it though yeah
0: A little bit. And then I've just been playing a lot of Stardew and listening to a lot of uh, Jenny Nicholson's videos in the background while I play, because she's very funny. Yeah.
1: So I watched all 14 land before times, and I was like, there's 14 of them. (laughs) Oh my god.
0: I even listened to a bunch of her, like, Star Wars videos, and I don't even Star Wars.
1: You don't even go here. Yeah, we've we've discussed the Star Wars, or our antipathy to the Star Wars. Yes. Uh, Yes.
0: You used antipathy in your in the preface of the thing that you're writing.
1: Did I? Uh, it's
0: a good word. Did. It's a good word. It's a it is a good word. Yeah. It's not one that I think to use. But yeah, for for those of you listening at home, we've we've both gotten on a pretty good writing kick recently. I would say Mara just in general does more writing than I do anyways, <laughs> but um we we're both working on self-owned projects that we're pretty excited about.
1: Self-owned? What? Well, like, not not fan fiction. I'm working on that, too, though. Yeah, but you're
0: always working on
1: that. Not always. I write, like, two big fan fictions a year about what it comes down to, and then it's still, like, such a small fandom I write for that it all shows up on, like, page one of, like, the search results, and I was like, this is all the results of two years, though. Where's everyone else writing their stuff? Come on. I get consistent hits on this, so someone's reading it.
0: By any chance, have you done the math and figured out what percentage of fan fiction for that specific fandom is your fan fiction? Like, I have n- are you, no idea. Are you over, under twenty five percent?
1: I don't know. Maybe you can look into it yourself and math it out, because that kind of thing doesn't interest me.
0: Uh, yeah, it very much interests me. I'll have to. Yeah. <laughs> I will, I'll I'll track it down.
1: And then you won't read any of it because you probably shouldn't. But. Why not? (laughs) Why not?
0: I'll read it. Just because I don't know what the original, like, thing is. That might
1: actually help improve the experience. That'll feel more like an original writing.
0: Yeah, I'll just be like, I can't believe that you, like, were able to create such a vivid world.
1: I'm actually writing, like, the one I'm writing now, it's like, okay, all my protagonists have kind of been, well, I mean, not samey, but kind of similar, so like I'm like, okay, this one's going to be, like, really into sports. Uh-oh. So, like, trying to make them be more sporty. And everyone's been, like, an only child up to this point because I kind of don't want to try and deal with family. But this person's got, like, three brothers. And then, like, I introduced the brothers, and I'm like, oh, crap, I'm having a lot of fun writing them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that happens sometimes. You start, you, you, you start building out your cast, and you're like, but I want to keep doing stuff with them, but, like, they're not... Integral to what I'm supposed to be doing here. But holy crap, are they fun.
1: Um, well, the story I'm writing right now, it's kind of um, not based on exactly, but kind of like inspired. Like the person like the tomboy who is in the story is uh, into fairy tales. And I've tried to kind of like drop hints in the story where we're going. It basically plays out similar to Bluebeard. So that's Mm. why the brothers are there. Do you know the story of Bluebeard? It's not quite as...
0: I mostly know it from the context of fables.
1: (laughs) Yeah, dude, like, keeps getting brides and then says, don't go in that room, and they all fucking go in the room, and he always knows they went in there, and he murders them. And then, like, the latest bride goes in, finds, like, all the corpses and shit, and, like, he's gonna kill her, but, like, she's got these brothers, she's got, like, a tight family circle... And they come and rescue her, so she can't get killed.
0: Wait, so is the only thing in the room like the bodies of the other wives? Yeah. So like originally, was it just an empty room that he was just like, don't go Probably. in there? Probably. Man, he knew he knew what his end game was for he that. Just, he's like, I need a I need a room full of bodies. How do I start this? He
1: just wanted to kill ladies. I remember reading a story, it was in one of those collections, I think, of the best fantasy and horror stories of the year that Terry Windling and Ellen Datlow used to uh, edit together. And there was like a kind of a send up of it where like the young bride shows up and he says, don't go in there. And she's like, cool, I don't want to. And she doesn't. And he's kind of like, doesn't know what to do. Like, why isn't she going in there? (laughs)
0: <laughs> she's supposed
1: to care but she had like this little dollhouse that she always played with and was like okay you can fuck off to your secret room and I have my dollhouse and then like he keeps starts investigating her just like what's her deal why isn't she curious why isn't she going in yet and he starts fucking with her dollhouse and then he gets blue bearded for doing that and he gets shrunk down and becomes small size and she keeps him in the dollhouse with apparently other husbands who fucked with her dollhouse Aha. So, <laughs> I was like I like this story, and I don't remember who wrote it, but I was, like, really satisfied with it. That's pretty cool. Because I'd be all like, I don't care what you have in there. It's probably, like, porn. I don't play with porn. I don't care. <laughs> but it's, like, old-timey porn, so it was probably a hooer, Or, I don't know, wood blocks? The wood engraving? I think there's... Like,
0: sh- showing off their ankle?
1: I think there actually is, like, wood engravings of, like, suggestive things. I'm sure there is. Everything's
0: (laughs) been porned.
1: I think even the monks drew that shit. They drew wacky shit in the margins of, like, their stuff they'd write.
0: Why is the Bible illuminated with such lecherous drawings?
1: (laughs) (laughs) They didn't see anybody and they were bored.
0: Monks be horny.
1: They probably were.
0: Nuns also be horny.
1: I just I can't think of, like, a more miserable time to have lived than at that, that time. Just, like, everybody smelled awful. Yeah. <laughs> and there's nothing to do. And, like, anything that could even give you the slightest bit of enjoyment is, like, that's from the devil. And you're like, well, what am I supposed to do then?
0: <laughs> it's very simple. What you're supposed to do is make other people feel ashamed about wanting to do things. That is your new hobby.
1: And I would like doing that. Yeah. Then that's from the devil. Shit. (laughs) God, no, it just sounds miserable. I'm just glad I wasn't there. I think I was born in the correct time.
0: It's like when people say, like, you know, I was born in the wrong generation. It's like, no, trust me. You're You're in the right place.
1: (laughs) No, if I went back, I'd have gotten dunked for a witch in, like, the pond, like, immediately. Because some guy would have said something shitty. I'd have rolled my fucking eyes and then boom, (laughs) that's the end of Mara. It's like she didn't agree with the pastor, and I was like, well, he's kind of a dickhead. And they're dunking me back in again. Apologize. I have nothing to apologize for. He pinched that lady's butt, and they dunk me back in again. (laughs) (laughs) Why doesn't he apologize for being a creep? If anyone goes, she's got a point, then they get to join me in the lake.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This is the lake of snitches.
1: (laughs) Yeah. We don't get stitches, we just drown.
0: Snitches swim the fishes.
1: Yeah, that kinda works. <laughs> oh god, misery. Have you read Misery? I have. Wow, you're really okay. stretching. <laughs> <laughs> I Listen, I need I need
0: like ten more okay. minutes.
1: Yeah, I've read I've read Misery. If you've seen the film, it's basically the film. I haven't seen the Shit. film. Shit. See the film. Then you'll then you'll okay. know what the book is like.
0: <laughs> what if I read the book? I... That's oh, nothing that's, like the movie. That's one of
1: the Stephen King films Stephen King did enjoy. He oh, okay. loves Kathy Bates, though. Like, and he, they always, like, seem to try and get her for adaptations of his work, and he's always just like, yes, thank you, she's the <laughs> best, and he's correct. Though, I did see, like, this video essay by this little British shithead guy who I was, like, watching for a while, like, okay, okay, and he says that Kathy Bates was terrible in that role, and I was just like, you're a fucking fool, and I'm not listening to this video anymore, and I'm like, click and I clicked off yeah I was just like oh my god your hot take that's just like a puddle of like cold poop like I don't care boom roasted (laughs) (laughs) no and I didn't feel the need. I didn't vote his video down I didn't leave a comment telling him he was a dickhead for his opinion I'm just making a shitty comment on my own podcast so there we go I think his opinion's dumb
0: but well, what if he comes onto our podcast?
1: I doubt it. I don't, I'm not even name dropping him because I don't even remember this irrelevant bitch's name. <laughs> I wouldn't even know how to find that video again. I'd just be like, I don't know. Misery video with bad opinions? I don't know.
0: <laughs> wrong opinions on Kathy Bates.
1: Yeah. If your opinion is she isn't a good actress, then that's a wrong opinion. I love her.
0: Oh, have you watched, um, because it just dropped, have you watched the Always and Forever movie? No, I
1: haven't. Have you? No.
0: Um, I just remembered it earlier today.
1: As soon as you said, (laughs) oh, have you, and then I immediately knew what you were gonna ask. (laughs) Uh,
0: by the way, we are recording on Valentine's Day.
1: Yeah, isn't it romantic? Did you just snap your fingers?
0: I did. I did the, uh, I did the finger dance. Oh,
1: no. Hey, Covey, snap. (laughs) 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 And she's just like, um... And Margot will be like, you have to dump him. You cannot marry someone who finger guns and, like, snaps. Really, those are the rules? Yes, those are the rules. And Kitty's like, that's what my whole vows are going to be. Finger snap. And then
0: rolling down the aisle on Heelys. Yeah. She doesn't actually have Heelys, but I keep forgetting that because in my head, I have just constructed this narrative in which she has Heelys.
1: And she just ends every argument with Lara Jean by just skating out of the room on him.
0: What if I write Lara Jean fanfiction, and it's just scenes that already happened in the books, I just add Healy's.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you also recommended that I did not go back into Harry Potter fanfiction.
1: No, I'd say don't. It's been around for... Too long? It's been around for 300 years, Gandalf i saw it um <laughs> and like every idea has been done every, like, there's nothing new to add to it so yeah there's kind of no point i think it would just kind of maybe look at it and see if there's like a rare pair that you'd be interested in like diving into but i think even that could potentially be kind of dangerous as well
0: uh a rare pair that's a uh... That's a new phrase. It's I understand what a new it phrase. Means.
1: <laughs> it's a new phrase to you.
0: It's a new phrase to me. Phrases. <laughs> it's <a> new phrases. <laughs> um, yeah, like
1: a rare pair would be like, uh, there's like two characters that are not shipped together very often. I'm trying right. to think of an example from anything, but like...
0: Like Crab and Dean Thomas? Would that be a
1: rare pair? <laughs> yeah, probably. Can't imagine um, what they'd have in common.
0: What about anthropomorphic adventures of, like, Hedwig and Crookshanks going and, like, solving mysteries?
1: I don't know, isn't that just black sad? Uh,
0: no, 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 I don't wanna, <laughs> I don't wanna make them, like, I'm think, I'm thinking more like, uh, more like Redwall level anthropomorphization where, like, they're still animal-sized, and they're, like, oh, still, they're in still
1: in they're still at Hogwarts, it's just they're having their own adventures while yeah. Harry's his yeah. own stuff. Yeah, cause, like, because
0: like he just assumes that hedwig is just up in the re all the time but like she's probably only there like 15 20 of the time she's got other things to do
1: i had this idea for like a series of tiktoks if i ever wanted to film myself which i don't but i know i've seen like a lot of the kids on tiktok do ones of like how gen z would do it at hogwarts you know they go like uh-huh. i don't his deal is but he's pretty sus you know saying that they're dumb uh lingo and shit but at hogwarts and supposed to be uproariously funny i'm being meaner than i need to be it was funny
0: it's just the headache talking
1: yes exactly or like what an american would be like at hogwarts where they're just all like mom can you please send me seasonings (laughs) they don't put salt in anything they say it's too spicy (laughs) (laughs) but like my series would be like if you're a muggle parent getting the letter and you're like what is this you're like is that an owl why is there an owl out at this time of day that's really weird and then you get the envelope and you're just like you're invited to this school well this just sounds like a pedophile ring what is have you heard of this (laughs) i have never heard of this school i'm calling your grandma maybe she's her like i've did will you stop you know (laughs) you like just this impatient, tired... They,
0: they go on to door and they start being like, I just received this weird letter. Has anyone else fallen for this phishing scam? Right, and then, like... And then someone else is inevitably just like, No, but I saw a, a sketchy individual crossing the street. They were sketchy, because they look like they don't have as much money as me.
1: And then I turn and look at the kid, like, you see Aiden? And then, like, another one, you go to, like, Diagon Alley you just like I don't understand this money system at all. Okay, I exchanged our money. I don't I don't know what's happening here. He said there's like sickles. Do
0: you think that your your ploy to get into a school book fair would also work for getting you into Diagon Alley if you just pretend that you're trying to like you, you can't find your kid who's shopping for the school supplies?
1: <laughs> Y'all just in up going, Aiden. <laughs> Aiden, there's the candy shop over there. Didn't you want to go to the candy shop? I said we could go there after you got your broom. Do you have your, you don't have your broom. Oh, my God. (laughs) And then, like, the mom, like, you need me to sign a permission form for Quidditch? What's Quidditch? Is it just like playing, like, is it like cribbage? No, nothing like cribbage? What is it? And then you hear it, and you're like, you're not playing that. Who's Harry Potter?
0: <laughs> Honey, no, the, we don't need the twice coated cauldron. One is enough. Now put it back, Aiden.
1: Aiden, put it back. Oh, they have cats. You want to get a cat? You want an owl? Why are you picking the weirdest pet here? Look, this cat has spots.
0: We are not getting the toad.
1: Well, I'm glad we agree. <laughs>
0: Hey, so what are we doing next month? What did we, what, what, which of our several ideas do we want to, do we want to go back to Fablehaven next month? Do we want to do the one that, uh, the listener sent in or do we want to do, uh, my, my other idea that I threw your
1: way? When is, when is Memorial Day? Is it May?
0: More Memorial Day is in May. Well, then
1: we should read the listener book for May. So are we like figuring out what to do for April? Correct. I are about due for another Fablehaven, and it would fit perfectly because I did the last one, so then you'd be up to do this Fablehaven, because I know we don't like having the same person do a series book in a row.
0: Also, we got another email, so it turns out, I didn't put two and two together, the publicist who sent us Prepped is the same publicist who sent us The Perfect Escape, and she is offering us another book, and I kind of want to be like, I really don't know if we're a good fit for your clientele.
1: Oh, well, what's the next
0: book? It is called "Rhea and the Blood of the Nectar. Middle grade fantasy story. That might be more up alley. Alley. Uh South Asian author. Fighting for what is right. Discovering oneself. Understanding complex family dynamics. Yeah, I mean, I would say that this yeah. one probably seems more like us. It does. It is, of course, the start of a series, but that's, you know, there are worse things. That would actually be it. Looks like it comes out on June 1st, so we could just make that the June book if I say yes.
1: Okay, good plan. Uh,
0: cool. Didn't even have to try on that one. It comes out by Mango and Marigold Press. I've never heard of them. That doesn't mean that they're they're bad. Curious if she's if this is her first book ever or just her first YA book. <sighs> Looks like it might be her first book ever. All right, well then, cool. We can probably start wrapping things up if you want.
1: Yeah, because now I'm starting to sneeze and I don't know why.
0: Are you allergic to headaches?
1: Aren't most people. My allergy to headaches manifests as headaches.
0: Okay, so for next month, we are going to be diving back into Fablehaven with book four, the shoot, I can't see it from where, I think it's called Seekers of the Dragon Sanctuary.
1: That sounds right. I think that's that's where we're going next.
0: Yeah, so we're going to be reading... Fable Haven, Secrets of the Dragon Sanctuary, to keep up with our once-a-year Fablehaven. So we'll be back with that in April, and we'll release on April Fool's Day, but, like, we're grown adults, we don't celebrate April Fool's Day.
1: Yeah, pranks <laughs> so are it, mean.
0: Yeah, pranks are different from goofs.
1: Though so there was some prank video that went pretty viral, where, like, the guy pretended to break up with his girlfriend, and then she broke up with him for real. So, be careful with your pranks.
0: <sighs> ah... So, Hello, Fellow Kids is hosted by Mara and Josh, produced by Josh, music provided by Ben Ash. Visit him at benash.com. If you'd like to contact us, you can email us at, hfkpodcast at gmail.com We are also on Twitter and Instagram at hfkpodcast. We will be talking to you guys in just a few weeks with Fablehaven 4. Thanks for listening.
1: Bye. Bye.
0: Easy. That'll be a super quick
1: one for me. Yeah, to... I told you it wouldn't be bad.
0: It, it's never even the long ones aren't as bad as I think they're going to be. It's just the mental block of having an obligation. Oh yeah,
1: I get it. I so to- I totally so. understand. I got that way about like uh, NaNoWriMo where I'm like, shit I gotta get my writing done today. It's like, you like writing. You like the story <laughs> you're working on. What's what's the yeah. problem? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
0: well, I'm gonna go get some food and uh, maybe play some more Stardew before I have to switch over to D and D. D and D,
1: you play every Sunday? Okay. Currently,
0: it's every Sunday.
1: How did you get everyone uh, to like do it on the Zoom zooms?
0: It's not the group. Oh, okay. Group. His dad runs it. Oh no. Why? Well, I, don't know. I mean,
1: like, it's um, I, I'm being a child. It's like someone's parent. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> There's like no real, oh no reason. I don't know anything about the man except that he runs a DNC group, apparently. <laughs> okay. Enjoy your food. All right. I'll talk to you All later. Right. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.